Welcome to Living Word Ministries with director and Bible teacher, Debbie Blank. Each week, Debbie examines current events through the lens of end times Bible prophecies. Please visit our website for information and past programs at livingwordministry.org. Now let's open our Bibles to focus on truths from God's Word with Debbie Blank. I told one of my Bible classes recently that I believe the Bible is going to be banned in the United States by 2030, maybe even by 2025. How can that be when the Bible is the most read book in the whole world, the most sold book in the whole world? How can 65% of Americans who call themselves Christians allow such a thing? Am I saying that because I'm a prophet? No, I'm not a prophet, and God has not told me that. The reason I make a statement like that is because when you examine the times in which we live, we see that we are closer and closer as we turn away from God and turn toward the world's ways. In order to do that, that means we have to give up the word of God. You see, a vocal group of socialists are now not just challenging the norms of society, they're radically changing them and dividing our country in the process. It's widely acknowledged that if you subjugate a people group or a country, or if that's your goal, first thing you do is you destroy the family unit, then you control the media and the entertainment propaganda, you educate the children according to state policies, you make people dependent on the government. Now, those aren't in any particular order, but those are four things that you do. And finally, along the way, but you finally come to the point when you indoctrinate the church, you change the church and what it stands for and what it believes. How do we know? Because that's what they did in Nazi Germany. Well, folks, the socialists are pretty close to having accomplished all five of those objectives. So we need to watch out because of censorship, propaganda, social agenda, moral upheaval, they're all in place. We look at the censoring and the banning of other things. It's just a matter of time before we lose our religious freedoms and the Bible. Today, we're going to continue our discussion of the Great Reset to focus this time on the moral and cultural changes that have and will continue to increase. I'm Debbie Blank, encouraging you to open your eyes to what's happening in our country and be prepared. And I'm co-host Jackie Sailors. Congressional sponsors of the Do No Harm Act are thrilled to think that with the support of the new administration, it will become law soon. What's in this bill? The name kind of reminds me of the old Smucker's Jelly commercials. With a name like Smucker's, it has to be good. Well, with a name like Do No Harm, it has to be good, right? Well, from a Christian perspective, it may be more important to taste what's in the jar first. And when you read the back of the jar, you'll see that its supporters include the Freedom From Religion Foundation, plus 19 other pro-secular groups, which also want to remove things like In God We Trust and the term Judeo-Christian from public life. This particular bill is designed to reverse or, quote, correct much of what was achieved in the Religious Freedoms Protection Act of the last administration. What some see as precious First Amendment freedoms are seen by others as doing great harm. Religious bigotry, which must be stomped out. So, what will that mean for Christian expression, worship, and even for the Bible itself? It's hard to believe we're living in a culture that allows the introduction of such bills, let alone the potential passage of them. I mean, we live in a democratic republic. We've got constitutional rights. We'd never ban the Bible, would we? Well, we never thought we'd see a lot of the things that we're seeing these days. 
According to Bible prophecy, however, this is exactly what the world's going to look like in the days preceding Christ. Plus, they're going to get worse. For Christ to return, his word has to be dismantled because we will eventually have an antichrist. So if he's antichrist, he's going to be anti-God's word. Just a matter of time before the Bible's banned. And we want to share with you several things today that are leading towards the banning of the Bible in our country. Now, nobody's asked for it yet. Nobody's called for it. There's no law on the books for this yet, but we can just see it. As we've seen the cancel culture this last year, we can see how the Bible could be the next thing to happen. As we think about it right now, 52 countries out of the 193 countries in the world consider the Bible either dangerous or they've made it illegal. China, just the last week, has started burning religious books. Now, China, of course, is a communist country. As we lead more towards socialism, that's just literally a step away from pure communism. And we are leaning towards socialism now. And think back to Nazi Germany. Remember the banning and the burning of the books on May 10th, 1933. It started out with university students in 34 universities throughout Germany coming together with this idea, but it wasn't just their idea. It was a whole political agenda. As a matter of fact, Joseph Goebbels, who as many of us know was the Minister of Public Enlightenment and Propaganda in Nazi Germany, he gave a speech that night and he said, the future German man will not just be a man of books, but a man of character. That sounds so good, doesn't it? Except what character is it based on? What perception were they using that statement for? It is to this end, he went on to say, that we want to educate you. Oh, wait a minute, you just banned books. You burned books and you're going to educate us? In other words, you're going to indoctrinate the people is what they were going to do, and that's what they did. After his speech, the radio stations, the media, the newspaper all glorified everything he had to say. And the newspaper ended up having an article which read, Action Against the Un-German Spirit is a Success. What they're saying is that anybody who stood against that current regime, the Nazi regime, headed by Adolf Hitler, was un-German. And if you're un-German then, that opens the door for all kind of abuses against you. We're seeing the same thing today as people are labeled as terrorists because they agree with a different agenda, who are listed as un-American because they don't follow the socialist platform. People are trying to censor not only what we say, but what we believe from the public agenda and even from debate and discussion and colleges. So it's only a matter of time before we Christians are censored more and our Bible is censored. So what we're looking at are the steps that go into ultimately censoring and banning something and censoring and banning certain people. And those steps start out with this education. It was interesting to me when you brought up the university that this book burning and stuff started on in university towns. So you know where this education starts. It starts in the schools. And so we have people who are supposed to be liberal and open to all kinds of free thought and reading all kinds of different things and learning things are being educated to reject all of that. They're actually being indoctrinated, as you said. And that makes me think of that first step in indoctrination is something that they do so that people are miseducated. They are confused. The words that are being used, like education, like enlightenment, those things are code words or doublespeak 
for education and indoctrination. I looked up doublespeak because there's so much of this involved in this. Doublespeak is evasive, ambiguous language that is intended to deceive or confuse. It is communicating in a way that misrepresents or obscures the truth. It combines both sense and nonsense in a deliberate effort on the part of the message sender to conceal the true meaning of what is being said. So things start out being euphemistic, and then they go on from there. You have the discrediting, then it moves to defaming, and then to demonization which is very dangerous, and then messages are being banned or censored. It is such a difficult time in which we live to see this going on. But just consider this last year. We saw the cancel culture that we've just mentioned happening, where they were tearing down statues of famous people who did wonderful things for our country, but they were doing that in the guise that they had once owned slaves or that they had been treating the indigenous people improperly, according to what they believe. You look at the San Francisco United School District Board of Education, who just voted on January 26 to change the names of 42 schools, like from President George Washington and President Abraham Lincoln, even current senator from California, Dianne Feinstein, because of alleged associations with slaveholding or colonization or oppression or whatever their thoughts are. So they're canceling out the names of schools. It's only a matter of time before they either cancel out the history or they change the history to focus on the bad things that these people did. You look at a small group of reporters from the New York Times and other periodicals that are like them who they're finding some success because they wrote a piece about the 1619 Project, saying that the history of the United States didn't begin in 1776, but in 1619 when the first slaves arrived here. It was actually in the 1500s when the first slaves arrived, but they've chosen 1619 as their premise. So right there you have some examples of how certain people were demoralized because they owned slaves at one period of time. But do you know that the Bible talks about slaves? There's a whole book on Philemon in the New Testament that is about a slave. The Bible talks in the Old Testament as Moses is giving instructions for the Jews on how they're to act and treat people that they talk about slaves. So how long is it going to be before they want to cancel out the Bible because it talks about slaves? And that whole mention of slaves, which people have criticized for a long time now, comes from people who have not read the context of those books and those mentions in Scripture. It has a cultural context, and it also has a very wonderful Christian context to it if people read it and understand it in the way that it's written. But of course, people don't do that. They don't take the time to do that. And again, with the doublespeak and so forth, the whole idea is to twist and propagandize people and turn people against something that's actually good. That whole idea where good is evil and evil is good, war is peace and peace is war. It's amazing to think that people could be fooled in such a way, but they truly can be brainwashed in that way. And then when you're talking about just changing our history, there's a quote where it says, he who is in control of the past is actually in control of the future. And he who is in control of the present is in control of the past. It just tells you whoever can change your history and rewrite the past is going to be in charge of what happens in the future. That's why it's so important for us to know the truth, to seek out the truth. For example, in the Bible, when it talks about slavery, it doesn't condone slavery. It just talks about it because it happened to be a part of life at the time when those books were written. Well, let's consider, too, the traditional family. We know that the Bible supports one father, one mother, and then children as offspring from those two parents. 
that's all changed. I got to thinking about some TV shows that I grew up with. And I thought, well, you have the father is the leader of the family and father knows best, the 1950s show. Then you always saw the traditional two-parent role and Leave it to Beaver or Donna Reed or something like that. Periodically, you would see single parents like Andy Griffiths, but that's because their spouse had already passed away. Then everything changed in the 80s. We began seeing movies and shows with divorced parents. Then in 1998, we saw homosexual couples in Whale and Grace. And now, 2013, Orange is the New Black is a transgender actors and actresses playing the family. The entire traditional family has changed. And with the discussion of this Equalities Act in Congress, which, by the way, President Biden, in his first day of office, signed an executive order desiring that every single institution support the Equality Act in regards to every sexual belief should have equal rights under our Constitution. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't support that. The Bible is very clear against homosexuality, against lesbians, against sodomy, against any kind of what the Bible says is debauchery from deviating from one man and one woman having a sexual relationship for the context of marriage in order to have a family and procreate for the world. What's being taught and propagated in our culture is exact opposite of the Bible. So when we speak the biblical references of the traditional marriage, that can easily be banned. It doesn't go along with our culture. When you brought up the old TV shows, Father Knows Best and Leave it to Beaver, not only did they have a traditional family, but they had a father that knew best. You had a father that was the head of the household. And I can see where, as the feminist movement moved along, that wasn't really desirable to, to put the father in that kind of a position. It went from not only revering the father, and those fathers weren't perfect. Those shows didn't put those fathers up on a pedestal to the extent that they were perfect. Those were actually really good, well-rounded, balanced shows. But it went from respecting the father in, in shows like that to shows like The Simpsons and shows like Married with Children, where the father was a doofus. He was somebody to be made fun of, to be ridiculed. And so I think that there was a real erosion in the culture when that happened. Along with that, you have the fact that God created us male and female. But our culture is trying to change that. They're allowing our children to make decisions on their own as to what sexuality they will be. Parents are letting their children grow up with no blue and no pink and the idea that you will choose what you want to be. How could I make a decision when I'm a kid or when I'm a teenager going through the hormones to decide if I want to be a male or female? We are negating God, the creator of the universe and the creator of people. When we start changing our sex, we're saying, in effect, God made a mistake. Because he made me male, but I'm really female inside, or vice versa. God does not make mistakes. When the Supreme Court approved in 2015 a Burgerfeld versus Hodges, where they allowed people of the same sex to become married, it didn't just allow that, but it opened the door for all kinds of illicit sexual behavior. Again, we have this Equality Act that accepts all sexual beliefs and practices. President Biden even said children should be able to learn without worrying about whether they'll be denied access to the restroom, the locker room, or the school sport, to sex-based stereotypes. That's what he said when he signed his executive orders on his first day of office. Then, of course, you have health insurance policies. 
businesses that may believe in the traditional biblical man and woman are going to be forced to supply health insurance so that people can change their genders. It's very possible our culture will not allow us to support the Bible that says these things. And when you think of all the uh, hard-fought gains that the feminists have achieved over the years, and now they're seeing a lot of that just be totally diminished and maybe eradicated because of some of these decisions. Somebody had said, there goes women's sports. All the efforts that women put into having women's sports, and now men can be in women's sports. Suddenly, if you're a feminist and you talk about women, are you being binary instead of non-binary? I watched a video the other day where some children were being told by their teacher about how wonderful it was that there were so many genders. In fact, now there were over 100 genders that they could choose from. And if you saw the looks in those children's faces, they were confused. It's not that wonderful for a lot of people. And I'm just wondering if that same consideration for for the differences among people will be granted to the conservatives and the people who have a different perspective. That just shows how the government is now making our moral decisions. And if they are making them, then they won't allow us to follow the Bible. Consider abortion. Consider what I just said, Hobbesfeld versus Hodges in the homosexual marriage. Consider no prayers, no Bible in the schools. Consider the separation of church and state. Even look at how the government is superseding the role of the parents. Do you know that the government has allowed for our kids to be taken out of school to go have abortions without the parents' consent? They're serving breakfast in the morning, which is great, but that's the parents' role. They are allowing before and after school child care. Again, they're taking the role of the parent so that they can be the ones educating our children. And what are they educating them on? Consider that in Chicago recently, they said they're going to change their educational system to talk more about how guns are not good for people to have and supporting gun control and the educational system. They're going to teach our kids how they can stand up against people that they don't agree with and picketing or riots or other things. And they're going to talk about social justice and the importance of that versus other aspects. They're going to continue to change the trajectory of the education of most of the people in our country into the socialistic leftist agenda because the government wants to take over the role of the parent. They don't think the parents are smart enough, so they introduced sex education years ago. And I know most parents agree that sex education should be in the schools. But have you read what they're teaching? Have you listened to it? I have. Back in the 80s, when they first introduced it to OPS, we were at those hearings. We read the materials. Back then, they were offensive. Actually, they're pornographic, a lot of the things that our kids are seeing. Do you know what your kids are seeing in school? Because they're indoctrinating our kids away from us. We get just maybe an hour a day with our kids if we spend that kind of time talking with them. Because they're in school, they're in sports, they're with their friends. What are they learning Again, they're learning things that are opposite from the Word of God. Well, parental rights and religious rights are going to be relegated. In fact, they already have been relegated to the back seat because the government really has the say, and we've given that over to them by not paying attention over the years. Hopefully, this isn't going to be too late. I do know that with the government taking a position on LGBTQ and abortion, There have been two churches just over the weekend. One, there was a bomb planted there because they were a church that did not view favorably the LGBTQ movement. Didn't mean they were against those people or hated those people or were doing anything against those people. It was just the belief of that church 
a bomb was planted there. Also, there was a church that was invaded, a Catholic church, because of its stance on abortion. People went into the church during the service, turned over tables, started yelling things that were vile and profane, and interrupted the service. Those things shouldn't be allowed, but with the government's view on things, is the government going to take the side of people who are defending the rights of the minority? We actually have seen that. We saw the government supporting the rioters this last summer, even though 30 people were killed and 1,500 businesses were destroyed in Minneapolis. They supported the rioters in their acts of free speech. And yet it was complete opposite in Washington, D.C. on January 6th when some people who had their free speech went into the Capitol and they were declared as terrorists. So we see that double speak that you mentioned earlier. A couple more things to consider. Remember, Jesus was a Jew. Right now, anti-Semitism is at its highest level that it has been since Nazi Germany because Jesus was a Jew and people don't like the Jews. So they could want the Bible thrown out because it talks about Israel. Consider that the U.S. House of Representatives approved Nancy Pelosi's gender-neutral language on their first official day of business. They threw out mother, father, son, daughter, instead added parent, child, sibling. What's our favorite prayer in the Bible? Our Father. That prayer cannot be offered. When we were talking about deception and all the ways that people are saying things about Christians and our Christian stances that we have been taking over the years that are based in Scripture, based in the Bible. If people are taking an offense and wanting to censor those positions, how far will they go when it comes to actually censoring the source of those positions that we take our stand on, the, the Word of God itself? Absolutely. We've seen that censorship increase significantly, again, in the last year. You just look at how Simon & Schuster refused to publish Senator Josh Harley's new book, The Tyranny of Big Tech, because he was willing to stand up on the Senate floor and do the same thing that Democrats and Republicans have done numerous times before, and that is question the electoral decision. Nothing new about that, but because they didn't like that he did it, because there was some fallout, obviously, when that happened on January 6th, they said that he's a dangerous threat to our democracy and freedom, and they stopped publishing his book. There's a guy named Randy with Prophecy Update who I listen to and watch all the time because he has great videos and great information. And he said, with no forewarning, YouTube decided that there was too much hateful content on his YouTube channel and they informed him that they were demonetizing his channel. They took a show that he had aired from Jan Markell. Once I heard this, I went and watched the show because I wanted to see what was wrong with it. Nothing was wrong with it. They were just making statements about how current events match up with Bible prophecy, and yet he was not allowed to do it. He has since been taken off of YouTube. You apparently get three strikes, and YouTube wrote and said, we have reviewed your content and found severe or repeated violation of our community guidelines. Because of this, we've removed your channel from YouTube. We certainly know what happened with Twitter and with Facebook and all the other Instagrams and things when they took President Trump off of their sites. They censored him from having his free speech. And it wasn't just him. It was people who supported him. As a matter of fact, the head of Instagram, Adam Mosseri, said that Facebook staff do have a bias in reply to the Twitter post about the company's policies. He said, we're not neutral. No platform is neutral. We all have values, and those values influence the decisions that we make. 
How can they take away our freedom of speech? They can't, but they are, and they're getting away with it. Consider that the president of the New York Bar Association announced that he was going to have a probe into whether Rudy Giuliani should be eliminated from the bar in New York because he supported President Trump. I believe it was Forbes magazine. They said that they would keep track of everyone who was from the Trump administration, anybody that you might want to hire to make sure that they gave great scrutiny to anything that they did or said as if they were scrutinizing Trump. In other words, they don't want anybody to hire anybody that worked for President Trump or in that administration. They were going to essentially hound those people and put pressure on people not to hire anybody that ever worked in the administration. There are many places that censored people because what these people said did not go along with what the World Health Organization said about the COVID virus or about the vaccine. So we're seeing a censorship that we've never had in this country before. With this kind of censorship, it's just leading us one step closer to censoring the Bible. As we close, we've got to ask, how can the Bible ever be banned? You mentioned it earlier, and that's deception. Satan is the father of lies, according to John 8, He will do everything to destroy anything having to do with God and his truth. And amazingly enough, he's found a group of people who are right in sync with what he wants to do. Everything we're seeing is based on deception. You can see the censorship that's going on that's based on doublespeak. There's nothing new under the sun. So the question is, what do we do? First of all, we have to open our eyes. We have to see what's going on. We can't just say, oh, well, that was one thing that happened. No, look at the entire agenda. We realize that Jewish people missed Jesus as the Messiah because they were looking at the wrong things. They thought he was going to be a king, not a savior. Because they missed him, we can miss things too. We can miss things that are happening in the scripture that are prophesied for these end times. Jesus told us in Matthew 24, when he was talking about the end days, several times he said, do not be deceived because he knew that we were going to be susceptible to deception. When you have deception being thrown at you from every different angle, the media, the government, the church, the educational system, Hollywood, you're going to start believing those lies. It's so easy to believe untruths, even even easier than believing the truth. The only way to see deception is to know the truth. We know that verse in John 8, 32, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. That's the only thing we can stand on is the truth. And even if it doesn't agree with our neighbors or our government or other people, we must know the truth and stand on it or we're going to be deceived. We're going to fall down the slippery slope. We're going to wake up one day and we're not going to have the Bible at our fingertips. And also, this is so important. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, I have hid that word in my heart that I might not sin against God. We need to know God's word, memorize it, because there's coming a time in the not too distant future when we won't have the Bible. And if we don't have the Bible, we're not going to be able to memorize it then. In Psalm 1 verses 1 through 3, it says, do not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the path of sinners. But your delight shall be in the law of the Lord, and in the law you shall meditate day and night. If we start now meditating, then we will know God's word. We'll know him. We'll know his heart. We can memorize scripture. And then if it's taken away from us, we still have God 
in our hearts and we still have his word in our hearts. That's the best thing we can do. Obviously, we can stand up politically in that we can speak out against this. We can talk to our senators and our congressmen about this. But there's an agenda out there where that's not going to make any difference, quite frankly. So the only thing we can do is turn to Jesus, turn to his word now and be prepared, be alert, be faithful so that we can know the truth and that truth can set us free. Thank you for joining us today on Living Word Ministries with Debbie Blank. This is a listener-supported show. If you'd like to support this program or contact Debbie Blank, you may do so at P.O. Box 540-003, Omaha, Nebraska, 68154, or visit our website at livingwordministry.org. Please tune in each week at this same time for Living Word Ministries with Debbie Blank.